2: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and
3: Patrick Maher on VCN. Welcome back in. It is hour number two of the Lombardi Line, presented as always by BetMGM. I'm Ben Wilson from our Circus Sportsbook Studios in downtown Las Vegas. In for Patrick Maher, rest of the week and weekend. Michael Lombardi in New Jersey on the East Coast. And if it's Friday, we had slow jamming earlier in the day on a numbers game, and now. He's here. Vinny Maliulo, Oddsmaker, over at the South Point. Great to see you, Vinny. How are you? Long time no see.
4: Good to see you, Ben. Michael, always a pleasure. And uh, look forward to, Hello, to our Friday spots, guys. Of course. No, it would
3: not be a Friday without uh, without Vinny in the house. Look, it's funny how Michael and I, we've, we've had no shortage of NFL topics to discuss all week. And it, it's mm-hmm. amazing when you look at the calendar and you realize you're in, in late February. And this, um, from the bookmaking perspective, I'm sure for you, it's not like anymore. There's there's this uh, no attention paid to NFL even for a stretch. I mean, there's still been a lot of volatility and activity going on in the futures markets here right now, Vinny. I'm sure.
4: Yeah, great uh, great point, Ben. And uh, you know what's interesting is this. In, in my colleagues and I, we were reminiscing yesterday. You, you go back you know, uh, 40 years ago, and once the Super Bowl was done, which, by the way, was always done in, in January, you know, it was right. February was just, you know, bookmakers, you know, a holiday, you know, I'll see you uh, come NCAA tournament time. Not the case anymore, and that's fine. I mean, the business has grown, and, and, and the public uh, demand has really spearheaded that, and, and, and that's great. But the thing about the NFL, they, they find a way to stay relevant. Uh, there, there's always something to talk about in, in the NFL. And from our perspective, uh, you know, here, here's some of the things that, that we, we deal with. Uh, and it's, it's, we get asked this a lot. You know, hey, how come there's not, you know, the prices on the future book, you know, you, you might see somebody at 150 to 1 or 200 to 1, right? Some, some of the longer, longer shots, uh, you know, like uh, Texas – you know, uh, you know, um, and you know, the Texans. I mean, and uh, you know, let's say even Arizona or or the Bears. But the, the reality is, this guys, the, you, there's so much uncertainty going into the draft and free agency, and you know, and the trades that could you know go coincide with the draft. Maybe not the draft itself, but trades involving draft picks and personnel so if you have a team for instance let's say you know you look at uh the texans at 150 or 200 to one what do they need they need a quarterback now is bryce young that answer well i i don't think he makes them a uh, an instant super bowl contender but he certainly may probably improves them from a perception standpoint oh and Vinny then uh Right as he
2: talks, Vinny. right
3: as he talks, Bryce Young, Michael, uh, you were saying you had you you know you have had your doubts on uh, Young long term. But Vinnie just uh, blacked out over there uh, at South Point. But that's an interesting point, right? On how you know you, uh, that was something Mike Palm asked you yesterday. Like, and that, yeah. that applies to multiple teams, right? Just because you bring in one player, is that really going to impact their respective odds? Well, whether that, you're that, a contender or a, a long shot like Houston.
2: That's where I was going to go with Vinnie. Is to me the Mike Palm question yesterday was so good that as an executive in the league. Does this player move the needle on our team? Does this player make us go from seven wins to nine wins, seven to eight? We know this about Aaron Rodgers. We can make fun of him being in the tunnel. We can make fun of him being in the darkness. Vinny will be the first to tell you. He moves the line unlike any player in the league. He moves the line. So whoever gets him, their line is going to move. If you settle for Carr, that line's not moving. To me, that's all you – if you're paying – $200 million for car, and the line doesn't move. Do you really want to pay $200 million for car?
3: No doubt. And the reality of today's NFL, which it's like, how, how many players, like in, in your mind, and obviously when we get Vinny back, we'll ask him, like how many players actually would be, make a significant difference futures-wise, not just on a game-by-game you know, game, game line, but futures-wise, would make a legitimate difference as a single player to an NFL team in the year 2023? How, how many could you say there actually are?
2: Well, I mean, most of them are quarterbacks. Mahomes moves the line. You know who else moves the line? Tyreek Hill. I said that when he got traded. I mean, there's no one like him in the league. You're scared to death. You're holding on. You're, like, worried. Oh, my God, he gets the ball in his hands. It's ugly. I mean, you can't handle him. He moves the line. He moves. He makes you have to handle him. It was a, and it made a good quarterback, Tua, look great. You know, and then they have Waddle to go along with us, so they have these two receivers you know, and then all of a sudden they became a pass happy team, but this player becomes, he moves the needle. He, he's worth at least, to me, he's a half a point in the line. When he plays mm-hmm. or doesn't play, it's a completely different game. That's a number one receiver. You got to cover him. You got to roll the coverage to him. You're scared to death of him, right? You put him on some teams. So, you know, mostly it's all quarterbacks. You know, are you scared to death of, of, Brock Purdy, of course not. But you're scared to death of the run after the catch that they've accumulated in San Francisco. It isn't that you're scared of Kittle; it's you're scared of all of them. And what makes them so effective is they don't have to substitute to substitute.
3: No doubt, and that's why. Look, we had you know that the wide receiver discussion we've had over the last couple of days. It's like how many number one wide receivers are there? Really? It's probably what one hand, right? And then if you, you want to if you want to include some of the generational tight ends like a Travis Kelsey, you can maybe extend it a couple, but it's, uh, it's not all that uh, that deep. So we do have Vinny Valliolo back. Vinny, you started talking Bryce Young and the Texans, and it, people's minds were just blown, and it, uh, it, it, it just blacked you out over there. So Mike wanted to ask you something about how the, the general, uh, the futures market is going to work based on some of these individual uh, moving parts there,
2: Michael. Sure. So we had, Mike Palm asked yesterday a great question to me, Vinny. He said if, mm-hmm. if the Jets over-under win total is set at 8.5, let's say, and they mm-hmm. sign Carr, he believes the line won't move to nine. That he's not going to move the line. We lost Vinny again. Oh, we lost Vinny. Oh, I uh, something's going on at South Point. South they got the rodeo in town, are uh, they banging things around that well, there? Well, you
3: know, it has been. Uh, we have had blizzard-like uh, conditions. Not, uh, not I, I'm not. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but blizzard in Southern no, California. My son told today, me that. Uh, he said it uh, was likely, windy yeah. as hell. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, so maybe that
2: could be could be the issue.
3: But no, and that's that's the thing where I you know you think about uh, <laughs> this whole car situation and. It, it's kind of the classic case, like, for the Jets. At what point do you feel so desperate that you look at that, what you, your point of the odds, you know, the odds are not going to change, futures-wise, whether or not you sign Carr, yet you still feel like you have to do it because of how awful the position has given you from a production standpoint. That's, that's the, right. the thing that they're trying to figure out, right?
2: Right, and so, like, if we sign Carr, we don't go up. If we sign Mike White back, what happens? You know, obviously, Mike White's not going to move the needle either. You know, if we signed Cooper Rush, what would happen? He's not going to move the needle either. So we'll be better off signing Rush at X amount of dollars than Carr at all this money. See, I I think this, the more I'm into this, the more you kind of watch this, is what happens to teams is you pay for good, you overpay for good, and you're not getting great. So, Vinny, you're back. Are we back, Vinny?
5: Phone. That's it. We went to to, uh, some old – I'm on an old rotary phone now. There we go. There
2: there go. There's our guy.
5: Modern technology.
2: I was asking you, so say the Jets win totals at 8.5, juice to the over, and they signed Carr, okay? Would he move the line to 9? Would he move the line at all? If they signed Rodgers, what would the line be?
5: Yeah. No question. My, it's a good play. They would, it would move with both of them. I mean, I would, it would definitely move by at least a half a game uh, probably plus juice with Carr. I mean, we know the opponents right now for next year, pretty much, but we, we don't know is the exact schedule. And again, perception is reality to people, right? We know the jets are probably a- the jets are a quarterback away or consistent quarterback play away from, uh, you know, contending, right? They've got a good defense, uh, they're in a, they're in a decent draft position. Uh, they've got, a, they've got a running game. They got some receivers and e- even Carr is an upgrade to what they had at quarterback with uh, due respect to, to the, to the people that are there now. But now if it's Rogers, obviously that's a game changer, right? Because the jets go from 30 to one to win the Super Bowl, uh, to, you know, probably you're going to see people jumping on that. They'll probably get the, at least you have to cut that in half. Now, granted, they're still in the division with the Bills and, of course, uh, the, the Patriots and the Dolphins, but perception is reality, like I always say to people, and there's going to be a, a, a lot of support for the Jets in, in that regard. Um, and, and really, you mentioned Rodgers. Rodgers is the wild card. For the third straight year, Rodgers is the reason, the main reason for uh, the, the, uh, the Super Bowl odds in particular and the conference odds and very much the division odds holding things up and really keeping prices lower because wherever he goes, he's going to have an instant impact on those teams, on that particular team. Oh, and by the way, he'll have an impact on the entire NFC North because now you've got the Packers who are typically the, uh, the uh, you know favorites or co-favorites with the Vikings. They're probably the third, at least the third, maybe even the fourth pick in that division. So there's a ripple effect with Rodgers wherever he goes. And here we are the third straight year that that uh, that's impacting uh, the future yeah. market right now.
3: How, how similar from the betting implications, Vinny, do you remember comparing Favre and his in his sagas from the 06 to 08 stretches compared to Rogers from the future standpoint? How, like how similar is that from the perspective of holding a team hostage and, and showing so much uh, indecisiveness from what you remember about 15 years ago?
5: Yeah, it's uh it's a good question, Ben. I think this is actually more impactful because frankly, you know, Rodgers is still better at this point in his career than Favre was towards the end of his career, right? I mean, he did well, you know, he made the, you know, he was a lot of support for the Jets when when he went there, but I frankly think that this this it's not as much. He was not as much of a an impact to the uh, to the uh quarterback position when we're making numbers as Rodgers. Roger. Rodgers is the number 1 impact player in terms of the point spread so you, you break it down from there uh so it's you know i would say it's at least uh, two maybe even three points uh compared yeah. to uh, when you compare uh, uh far to rogers right now and you
3: remember yeah the first year of those was retirement questions packers were four and 12 next year were eight and eight so it wasn't like this was a perennial uh, playoff contender yeah. at least but it, it is an interesting comp because to me i've michael we've talked about this As soon as the the Packers lost to the Lions, week 18, Rodgers just flipped on the switch, and he has been a Favre-like diva ever since uh, there in Green Bay. We have another segment with Vinny. Vinny just looked too handsome. He just knocked out the power over at uh, South Point. We're going to ask plans for the NFL draft, timeline for when South Point will eventually put up some numbers there. How is the college basketball uh, handle going to look now that we're approaching March Madness? And any action on the XFL, we'll ask Vinny all those burning questions as we continue our number two
6: right here on the Lombardi line.
5: to the Lombardi line
0: on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick
3: Maher it is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app BetMGM Sports BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted dot specials and much more download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued id to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love. Bet MGM state-of-the-art technology, and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Back with Michael. I'm Ben Wilson. And for Patrick Maher, the rest of today, uh, tomorrow, and Sunday. So excited for some weekend shows with you. I'm uh, Michael Brighton early, at least for me, on, yeah. the, on the West Coast tomorrow and Sunday. That'll be a blast. Oh, yeah. Uh, for us, we I, have Vinny Maliulo. I
2: learned that when I was out there for yes, the Super Bowl. you, did. you know. You know, you go out Friday night here, I get up, I come into my office, nice. I got Thomas Gable, you know, there – you know, that's six o'clock wake up. I mean, you gotta be in the studio early there, Ben. You gotta get your night's sleep. There's no partying for you. You can't nope. out with Derek Stevens tonight.
3: No, no, I and am I s I'm I'm hosting uh primetime as well today with Sean King, which is always that's always a dangerous game on Fridays because we you know, anybody who knows Sean yeah, King Yeah, he goes, goes
2: over the long bar. He's always goes. over that long bar. <laughs> you,
3: gotta, you gotta like weasel your way out before he suckers you in. Uh, Vinny Valleulo is still with us. Speaking of people who like to have a good time. We love having Vinny on, uh, Vinny via the phone today over at, at the South Point, part of uh, Chris Andrews' his team is, as far as the odd makers go, and so it's great to have Vinny back uh, on, a, on his usual Friday segment. Uh, Vinny, XFL has, uh, is returned in the second, I guess, third technically reincarnation of that league, and uh, we kicked off week two last night. What have been the early takeaways from, from your side behind the counter, from the oddsmaker perspective, what we've seen so far in the XFL?
5: Yeah, a good question. You know, I, I kind of compare it to other spring leagues, right? And and typically the spring leagues, it's, it's kind of a nov, a novelty. So the first week always does better uh, than, let's say, uh, you know, the third and fourth week. We're still, uh, last night didn't really do well. It was a game uh, 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 last night. So it really did not do as well as uh, the, the first week's games. I think it's great that uh, the games are on. Uh, on TV, and they're getting the coverage they are. There's even references to uh, to the point spread and the total and things like that. But again, last night I'm I'm going to re- you know recall. Obviously, it was a big college uh, basketball schedule. Uh, the NBA came back from the All Star break, and of course, there was a, a a pretty good uh, slate of NHL games. So I think t- uh, tomorrow we've got a game uh, between DC and Vegas. That game will do well. I know uh, it's four o'clock Pacific time, and, and you know the locals will probably you know get a take an interest in that, but you know, guys, honestly, spring league games, they, they do well early, but it's, it starts to wane. And what happens is, you know, uh, the the XFL is going up against really for sustained action, the number one bet event of the year, which is the NCAA tournament, right? You got selection Sunday in a couple of weeks. And even though the super bowl is the number one single event or single game, Uh, in terms of betting action. Uh, It's the NCAA tournament for two and a half weeks that has that sustained impact in betting. Uh, So uh, they're up against it in terms of the betting. But you know what? We'll keep uh, watching it and keep monitoring it. We'll offer it. It's on TV, and that helps it for sure. Uh, Folks uh, tend to, uh, they want to bet. There's always some more bet on events that are televised as opposed to not being televised.
2: Vinny, do you think people just didn't realize Thursday night was going to be football? I mean, it kind of. I think it probably caught people off guard a little bit, right? Like, I mean, no, you know, you it. kind of, you don't know. I mean, you you know you have spring league, but you think it's going to be on Saturday or Sunday. You know, you're kind of like, okay, well, I got it. But, you know, and all of a sudden now they spring one up on you on Thursday. So, to me, I think it's going to be more of an awareness thing as we move forward. Vinny, what's your take? I want to shift a little bit. This Alabama situation is fascinating to me. Because there's a lot of underlying currents that's going on down there. A lot of people feel like they're they're hiding stuff that the coaches might have known before all this. Have you done anything with Alabama's odds, or are you kind of just monitoring it from afar?
5: Well, it's a, it's a great question, Michael. There, there's no doubt about. it. I mean, I I've got you know. From, let's let's talk about you know again polls aside. Right, we don't really you know we don't base our pricing uh, on on polls, but what we do uh, is, is power ratings. Now they were probably about a point back or in some, uh, some folks, uh, some of my colleagues had them even with Houston. Uh, and again, those two were at the top of the power rating, uh, uh you know, a poll right now. And from a, an odd standpoint, yeah, single digit, you know, Houston at five. And let's remember too, that the, uh, the final four is in Houston this year. So I think that's playing into some people's uh, people's minds, Alabama, uh, you know, anywhere from uh, five to seven to one, depending on where you're shopping. But there's no question that when you look at this situation, uh, it's got to impact the team from a, a psychological standpoint. And I think uh, you know that there, You, I, I think the in, the NCAA maybe, but certainly internally, uh, the school may be looking at it. So uh, didn't really adjust because their power rating is still is still strong. But I think it could impact this team. And uh, I think that uh, some, you know, particularly professionals are going are gonna to maybe go against them because they're going to look for, they know they're going to be a favorite and there's going to be, you know, uh, some, uh, some value in, uh, in, in betting against them, in, particularly when it gets to the tournament, which is, you know, again, this year, as wide open as we've ever seen it. Uh, even, you know, when I look, when I mentioned the fact that, Houston uh, and Alabama and even Kansas, the way they're playing lately, are at the top of the power rating spectrum. You know what? There's 30 teams uh, within 7.6 points of each other in terms of the power rating. So that's how wide open it is. Yep.
3: I just pulled up my uh, my South Point app here, Vinny. You 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 and your shop have Alabama 7-1 to 1 right now. Houston is the short shot on the futures board. So it's just a fascinating situation to watch. I mean, born out of tragedy and such a sad situation what happened with a shooting on campus and now we wait for the you know for more uh, things to drop there as far as just your overall preparation Vinny how has it changed over the years with the expansion of the college conference tournaments where now you get to March 1st pretty much and we have postseason basketball now that goes all the way through the month especially considering the tournament does come to Vegas for the first time this year for the Sweet 16 and and Elite Eight rounds How, how are the preparations going there at South Point
5: yeah, but and again, let's remember that uh, down the road we're going to have the final four here, uh, which was you know, I mean, again, like like the professional leagues uh, the NCAA frowned on on uh, Las Vegas uh, publicly, but privately they always knew that uh, you know we were not only booking the games but policing the games, and if there was any improprieties uh, that uh, we were the first ones uh, that uh, that uh, they would they would contact. Um, it's it's grown exponentially, and now it's not just. The, the, you know the first four days in the middle of the month, you mentioned the fact that there's uh, multiple conference tournaments here that draw a lot of visitors and a lot of action. The conference tournaments have grown in the last five years extremely uh, extremely strong uh, co- compared to let's say even 10 years ago. I mean, everybody gets involved and the fact that they, folks can come here now and participate in the, the conference tournaments. And, you know, we're talking about everything from, you know, uh, the Mountain West, but you got the Pac-12 tournament. Pac-12 tournament does extremely well. Uh, West Coast, you know, uh, particularly everybody is excited about, uh, you know, Gonzaga and, and St. Mary's, and Gonzaga has been a very public team over the last uh, few years. So the fact that March Madness for us, while, you know, for, for the rest of the country, you know, it, it, it really uh, starts uh, in the middle of the month. Uh, with the field of 64 to field of 68, as, uh, if you will, but uh, the fact that it uh, really begins with conference tournaments for us in terms of betting action, because a lot of folks can't get here for the uh, after the, uh, uh, the the main tournament, they come here for the conference tournaments, and they uh, they not only do they attend, but uh, the, uh, they they attend the uh, sports books via in person and or via the apps as well. Vinny, are you what
2: team are you getting a lot of action on? on futures in the college basketball is it ucla is it tennessee is it gonzaga what team do you think is getting going to start getting played moving forward
5: well it's about the current form michael you bring up a good point. and i think uh, there's a lot of folks that are high on a team uh, when you look at like a texas a&m the way they're playing lately right we've had to really keep an eye on them uh you know playing extremely well down there and uh Team like Miami. Miami, we've got some exposure on. Uh, Laranaga's team has played, uh, played very well. Kansas State. And I do have uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Big 12 as uh, the number one rated conference, uh, slightly ahead of the SEC. So when you look at teams like that, maybe they're not necessarily the name brands that, uh, the, you know, the blue bloods, so to speak, uh, that we're used to at this time of year. Uh, but let's face it. You know what? It, it it's great for business. And by the way, there's some blue bloods that are on the bubble. It may not go. Let's look at North Carolina and yeah. Duke. I mean, right now, if this, if this was Selection Sunday, they would not get in, <laughs> in my opinion. So, but those teams uh, teams like that that I just mentioned, uh, Texas A and M. Uh, Miami and Kansas State—they've—they uh, uh, they've, had some nice, juicy odds early on, and uh, they—they got—we've uh, got a little bit of exposure on them.
3: Yeah, triple-digit shot in Texas A&M, who's won 13 of 15 games under head coach Buzz Williams. Yep. Uh, it's like the Big 12, best power-rated conference this year. Where would that? Where does that conference rank all time, as far as just overall strength, top to bottom? I—that's mean, that, the thing I wonder, Vinny. I can't remember, and obviously, I'm—you have a few years on me, Vinny—but I can't remember a, a league better, top to bottom, than the Big 12 this year. It's, uh, it's a fascinating conference no. to watch.
5: Again, I've, I've got the Big 12 number one. I've got the ACC, which was typically the conference right, for a long time. I've got them number five. So uh, it's wow, a it's on. a big flip.
3: Down year for the ACC, that's for sure. Vinny though, if you don't already follow him, I'm sure most of you do. You have to. At V-Cid A uh, great of Vinny to give us some time. As always, Vinny, even though uh, we saw you Thanks, for a little Vinny. bit then on the phone. But great to, great to catch up with you. We'll do this again uh, next week, Vinny. Always a pleasure.
5: Always good to be with you guys
3: absolutely we have a couple more segments michael let's get into the nfc south very weird division entering 2023 we'll do that next
0: you're listening to the lombardi line on v featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again here's patrick maher
3: Beeson is excited to announce the launch of three new live shows to cover the dynamic sports betting markets like no one else can. With some fresh concepts and pairings as we head into a new season of sports, Beeson will continue to deliver all the news, analysis, and insights you've come to expect from your favorite team of sports betting experts. Check out the new lineup starting on Monday. Lombardi line not going anywhere, though. Michael will still be here. Uh, and we have Femi Abebefe, Stormy yeah. Tony who will be in the mix now. So uh, that's great, too, because yeah, you and I'm
2: going to get... Uh, I'm going to get double teamed here. I got, I got to deal with Stormy and her network. And then I got Femi, who is a constant work in progress. I mean, I got to handle, (laughs) you know, his love affair with Tua. I got to keep him from going to the window, betting on Tua for the MVP. Then he denies it. You know, I got to get, I mean, I'm going to be busy. I don't know how the hell I'm going to do it. I have no time to walk the dogs with all this stuff going on.
3: Going to keep your hand, going to keep your hands full there uh, for, for sure. A new episode of the GM shuffle out as well. Uh, look, yeah, you, we, you, you we, put up with me, too, we, though, this football season. So, you know, you've made you've it been
2: great. You know. No, I, I look, I, I don't think I you know, you said to Chad the other day that I that you've been in the fire. I don't think I've ever been in the fire with you. I've just tried to kind of context some of that analytics yeah. that kind of tends to go down the road a little bit. Look, I, I've said this many times. I'm all for if you would read some of the reports that I've written. About teams, that they're all they're all analytical based, but you have to be able to apply it to the situation. It's just not. Let's get an 11 personnel and throw the ball, like that's a little bit. That's 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 a little bit crazy. Or let's just draft the receiver and everything's going to be okay, like that's a little. Bit, you know that's not really being able to understand what the core problem is, and so you take a team that has issues. You gotta fix those issues, but you can't fix them all in one hour. But you need stats to lead you down the road. I've said this many times. We are in the veterinarian business in terms of evaluating pro football teams or any sport team for that matter. And so the patient doesn't talk to you. You know, the patient doesn't say, Hey, I got a sore throat or or like to me today, my nose is stuffed up, right? That you gotta have diagnostic tests to be able to figure out what's actually wrong with your team. The and context, through those yes. diagnostic tests, you need statistics, you need analytics, you need evaluation, correct that. Like, for example, Pro Football Focus has, has Kyle Hamilton, the number one safety in all of football, okay? Okay? He doesn't play safety, but he's the number one safety in all of football. He's never in the deep part of the field. He's a nickel linebacker. That's what he plays. And, and, and obviously, that's what they need him to play. But he's not a safety So, things have to be put in context. I'm not saying Hamilton's not a good player, can't play man-to-man. He's a nickel-in-the-box player safety. So, like, to me, you've got to be able to take that and draw out from it.
3: The word that uh, it does not get applied enough, but that's a good. Uh, it's, as always, it's a good point to make. We could make it any any day, whether the NFL season is in progress, preseason, offseason, whenever. It's always a good reminder, especially for us as betters, to uh, to keep that in mind going forward. And I have no idea how we're going to apply that to the NFC South this year, where we're, we'll look in a second at some of the quarterbacks that are under contract right now. I believe our producer Elliot Bauman, uh, defined it as a dearth of talent going on right now for the NFC South quarterbacks. And we bring this up because the news story coming out uh, yesterday and then earlier today, you had uh, the report from ESPN and and Jeff Darlington that Buccaneers, they're prepared to roll with Kyle Trask as the opening day quarterback. He's the only quarterback on the roster right now for Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians, who's still a part of that organization, was just on the Rich Eisen show and says, I I think we're in good hands with Kyle Trask. I don't know, Michael. Can can you really feel that confident uh, in Tampa Bay with Kyle Trask?
2: Here's what they know that we don't know, right? So they've watched practice every day. So they've seen Kyle Trask run the scout team for them. They've seen Blaine Gabbert run the scout team, right? So they've seen that. And they've seen him make throws. They've seen him do things in their practice. They've seen him adapt to their system, their schemes. And they have a better handle than we do. The Kyle Trask that we remember from Florida, I don't know if he's good enough to be the guy that could be the starter. But the Kyle Trask who's been in their system, perhaps, he could be. Six and a half, he's a big kid. He's accurate. You know, look, you're going to have to develop somebody. Like, you're just not, you know, like that magical, that that Hall of Fame quarterback isn't going to land in your building. If, unless you're the Jets and you signed Derek Carr. But <laughs> to me, that's a hard thing to do. So you got to develop somebody, and he's got skill to develop. Now, how he handles it, how he adjusts, that's hard to see. Because a lot of guys look good in OTA days. But when the pads come on and the bumping and the grinding and the hitting and the hurting, that becomes a different game.
3: And the reality with where Tampa Bay's setup was at the last couple of years, Blaine Gabbert was getting – they had to prepare him and at least have a guy in case something happened to Tom Brady. And So Gabbert was the one getting the, the second-team reps. Trask was – I don't know how you would best describe it. It was just like going to school essentially again for a couple of years. He only got into one game. And so that's where the right. untested nature of – But he had a lot of
2: practice time, though. See, we don't see that. So they yeah. – you know – Trask ran the scout team, so he was the he was Sam Darnold. He was you know he was Andy Dalton. He, you know he was uh, you know Marcus Mariota. He ran all their plays, and you got a chance to see him. Look, I'm telling you, you walk off the field sometimes when you watch practice, and you say, "Holy heck, that guy's really good," running scout team stuff. Now you got to be careful because sometimes guys are only good when they know where to go. Right? Like we had a defensive lineman who we couldn't block on scout team, because he could look at the card, and the card told him, go left, go right. But once the game started, he and it was run or pass, he couldn't figure it out, right? So you got to be careful there. But to me, it's a worthy invest. I mean, it, you, you're going to learn, especially at the quarterback position, you're going to learn a lot about it.
3: Now, Anders, you're number three. You would you would like to think, if you're a Tampa Bay fan or a, you know, a better on that team, that, yes, you would have taken some good, positive things from Hall of Fame, greatest of all-time quarterback in Tom Brady, and can apply that going forward. But as much as you say you have to develop somebody, you also have to somebody has to win the division. I mean, it, it can't just right. be, you know yeah. it, it can't just be but no I mean, team. And so, I mean, the Super Bowl odds right now, the the shortest shot of any of the four, New Orleans, you see most markets in around fifty to one. And Atlanta's the long shot at seventy-five to one. So there's not much differentiating any of the four teams. And when the division odds come out, Michael, you're likely to see and if if, if it is New Orleans as a favorite, they're likely gonna be, you know, plus one fifty. There isn't going to be any real uh, anything really different to discern between the four teams?
2: You know, it's funny. So the South has the, so the South has the three starters in the South, counting Blaine Gabbert, Brady's gone. They're all free agents. Darnold's a free agent. Dalton's a free agent. Gabbert's a free agent. Desmond Ryder played, what, the last? I mean, he had a hard time completing passes. Let's be honest, right? Winston's under contract for the Bucks still. Now, whether they move on from or not, if they're going to go with Trash, they might as well move on from Winston, right? We'll see that. Carolina's got – they liked Matt Corral. They liked him. They thought he had a chance once he got his body bigger, stronger, he could do something. I don't know if that's true. What do they do with Darnold? Darnold wasn't just horrible at the end of the year last year. I know his perception is not good, but he wasn't horrible at the end of the year. Like if I were Arizona and, you know, I might think about signing him to an economic-friendly deal while I try to rehab these quarterbacks that I have on the team. I'd rather have him than Trace McSorley or David Plough. So I think there's some of that. But, look, this is a division that doesn't have it. The NFC is a division that doesn't have gr- – you asked me that question yesterday. Mike Palm asked that question. Another great question. Like, who's the best quarterback in the NFC? <laughs> I yeah. mean, Jared Goff's in the top five. You know, Jalen Hurts. Prescott's still a good player, but they got to get Prescott to play better. I mean, what where would Cooper Rush be if he were playing on San Francisco?
3: Think about that, and I go, Wow, yeah, you're right. I mean, and you said Geno Smith yesterday would be a top, you know, like, and I don't disagree with that at all. Geno Smith's better than Kyler
2: Murray. Geno Smith played better than Kyler Murray throwing the football. Geno Smith doesn't have those, oh my God, plays, but Geno Smith plays better than Kyler Murray. The Sam Darnold throwing the football.
3: uh, Right. And so with Carolina, you've Darnold in a very, very small sample size. Not only was Darnold not some below average bad quarterback, his completion percentage over expectation was actually number one in the league. Now, very, very small sample size, but for the games he started, Darnold's numbers were really, really good. And this is a division where you see Carolina make the investments. They, they bring in you, you bring in new coaching. You bring in a lot of veteran coaches as well. Is that a situation where they maybe they, per, they perceive the division as being weaker and an opportunity to build around a guy if, if they want to go that direction? Remember, Corral was coming off a season-ending surgery from before his rookie season even started. Would that be a legitimate option? It's something we would never have even guessed a year ago, but you can't say no to something like that just right off the bat, right?
2: I mean, when you look at Carolina last year in the offseason, everybody said they had to get a quarterback. Darnold wasn't any good, and and I was one of them too. And so so they're waiting for Watson. They lose Hassan Riddick, and they lose a chance to sign Cordell Patterson, which if they would have had Cordell Patterson on their team to go with McCaffrey, To then make McCaffrey the slot receiver, or McCaffrey the luxury item, they're a really good team now. You got Foreman, you got McCaffrey, you got Patterson, right? And then if they sign Riddick, if they would have taken the money that they were holding on to to sign Watson, giving it to Riddick and Patterson, where's that team? So it's really like it's like a chess it's like a chess match. You're only a couple moves away from really. Making your team a lot better if you make the right moves. Mm-hmm.
3: And now we also wonder, well, Frank Reich, does does he get the fastball back this year as a head coach? Does the new scenery help him out? And bringing in a bunch of veteran coaches, arguably the most uh, veteran staff just top to bottom in the league now heading into 2023. We'll talk some more salary cap potential casualties because there's a couple guys in the NFC South. I looked down on my list at uh, Michael Thomas. What's going to happen with him in New Orleans? How about Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay? We'll, We'll finish the show with a discussion on a couple of those guys when we return. Final segment of the Lombardi line gets underway right after this. You're on Beeson.
1: He says somebody's
4: in the house and i screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare you're listening to the lombardi line on v featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again here's patrick maher
3: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back for the final time with Michael Lombardi in New Jersey. I'm Ben Wilson from Las Vegas, our Circus Sportsbook Studios. It is VEASAN Big Bets coming up next. Dave Ross and Amal Shah. Michael, you and I back. Tomorrow, Sunday mornings. Really excited morning. for that. You know, up early. I these. I'm not a morning. You know, I'm a play-by-play guy, Michael. I'm used to calling games at night. You know, you peak at 7 p.m. So I'm even even the 9 a.m. Uh, time on air for me on the West Coast. That's a little early. So yeah, I will have to be adjusting things tonight. But don't worry, I'll, I'll be excited to, uh, to to wake up tomorrow. Uh, we close the show talking some more potential cap casualties and really just in general this New Orleans Saints situation. It's It's so wild to think about where where they're at as a team with a a, a projected cap cap number and space of being way, way, way in the red. Yet, there are reports coming out today that they're looking to find an extension for Teno Passigno, had a very nice season as a defensive end, and just restructured Teran Matthews' contract in the back end of the secondary. So a team that's actively looking to, at least from Passigno's case, sign guys, spend money, but doesn't really look like they have much money to spend.
2: When you look at it, Michael, that's what's interesting. Well... Well, here's the way you have to look at this, right? So whenever you're studying a team's cap, you have to immediately – don't look at how much cap room is available. Look at how many players they have with large Paragraph 5s, okay? So let's take – Paragraph 5 is your base salary that's paid over 18 weeks, okay? You know, one week by and then the 17 games. So Jameis Winston, he is due $12.8 million in Paragraph 5. Okay, he got a his prorated signing bonus is two point eight million. So if they eliminate him from the team, they pick up basically $10 million. Okay. So he's, you know, so either he restructures or he goes. Lattimore has salary is at 14.5. That's his paragraph five. His cap is at $22 million. Okay. If they were to guarantee eleven or $13 million of that $14.5, that would lower his cap number. Okay. And so that gives you cap room. And so it's really just about robbing Peter to pay Paul using the Catholic mm-hmm. analogy. So that's what they would do. And so that's what the Saints have done. They've been doing this for years. They have been they have a bunch of guys who have high cap paragraph fives. They lower them. Okay, Mathal just lowered himself to the base salary. He didn't lose a dollar. He didn't lose any money. He got all his money, but he got a better cap number for them. That's what they'll continue to do. And then when they find a player they want, to sign, they'll go to Taysom Hill and say, okay, we're going to redo your deal so we can get below the cap.
3: Matthew's deal, that that cleared about four and a half, a little over four and a half million, at least for the the cap for this year. And the one player you did not mention that is is going to probably lead all these discussions on the Saints' perspective is a guy who's since the 2020 season, Michael Thomas has only played in 10 games over three years. And what do you do with a guy who has a dead cap number of over $25 million?
2: So they've already done done Michael Thomas. So he's already at the minimum base, paragraph five. Okay, so his roster bonus, I mean, his signing bonus that they gave him in the past still counts. He's got a roster bonus that has to get earned. So that's only $200,000. He's got another workout bonus that has to get earned. He's got a restricted worst out bonus that has to get earned. So he's not going anywhere. And he's really only thirteen point five million on their cap. So they've kind of figured him out. They've got him done. Gotcha. You know, and so he's not going anywhere. They've worked around all the issues with him. He stays on there. That's why whenever you see a player, when you go to whether you go to salary cap, whatever salary cap site you look at, when you see a paragraph five of one point one six five. That's the minimum salary a veteran player has to make this year. So when a team lowers him down, they can't lower you to zero. They can only lower you to 1.1. So that means they've guaranteed the rest. They're not asking the player to take less money. See, there's a misconception out there. Oh, well, you know, I restructured my contract for the team. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You're just doing that to give yourself a pat on the back. You just got your money guaranteed. That's all.
3: I wonder on the Thomas front, though, just long term. And yeah, it's a great point to make in the the difference between what might look like on you know what might pop on the front page, and then you say, okay, how is this going to affect the cap? But the reality for Thomas, I, I just look at it long term. And you know, there was this controversy about yeah, some deleted tweets, or he who's he was potentially calling out the medical staff there. How he's barely seen the field for three years. Even if it's on paper now, something that they have figured out, quote unquote, for the short term. I mean, what's the what's the long term? solution here for a guy who has been very, very hard to figure out in New Orleans.
2: Only they know. I mean, we're so far out of it, we can't tell. But they are but they are paying good money after bad money, essentially, right? They've already paid them. And because they're in this hole, they have to keep paying them. It's kind of a bad place to be, right? But uh, Right, Ben? So. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't want to be here, but this is where you are. I mean, you know, it, it costs us. If they were to cut them, it, it's going to cost them $26 million a cap room to get rid of them. You don't want to do that where it's only going to cost me $13 million to keep them, and maybe I get a player. You know, maybe I get a player. And and one thing they've done, what the Saints have done, is they've kept themselves, you know, they trade away a first-round pick, but now they get the 30th pick back for Sean Payton. You know, they got the 41st pick. They got a 70, you know, they're keeping themselves alive, even though they're going all in. But I will say this about the Saints. They do a great job of keeping their offensive and defensive lines attack. I mean, this offensive line, if they hit, and I don't know if they have or not, but if they hit with the the left tackle who didn't really play much this year, right? Penning, the Trevor kid they Penning, drafted in yeah. the first round, so they got Penning, you know, and they and they can move James Hurst around. They don't have to rely on him. Ramschek is still the right tackle, Ruiz, and all those, and McCoy inside. They're a good offensive line with a very good running back, with a very good running back. You know, they need another back to go with them, but they're a good. They they can control the line of scrimmage. Yeah.
3: Everything about the Orleans I I loved from a personnel standpoint last year. My question will be the same question I had that that, that plagued them throughout last season was the coaching. And Dennis Allen mangled the, several games from an in-game management decision-making process. How how does he grow from year one to year two? That's that's the thing we don't know. And I mean, I he's
2: the, look. One thing when you stand in front of your team, right, and you tell the team we got to get better, you're also telling yourself you got to get better too. We all have to get better. Like he's got to do a really good job of understanding where he made his mistakes. Like, what did he do wrong? You know, and how did they not handle the game situations? And he's got a lot, you know, he changed defensive coordinators. He got rid of both guys that were coordinating the defense. He's brought Joe Wood in to work on that. I don't think we pay enough attention, okay? I don't think we pay enough attention to the shifting in the defensive coordinators and how that could impact the betting line. Like, for example, Cleveland hires Schwartz, Jim Schwartz. That's going to make Cleveland a better defense. Cleveland hires Bubba Ventrone. That's going to make Cleveland a better special teams team. So they've improved without doing anything. They've improved their football team without doing a thing. Because Schwartz will make them a much better defense. He'll also make them much better in game situations. He understands it. Now, can he convince Kevin Stefanski to not go for it on on fourth and inches from his own 24? I don't know about that. That's another question. I think we don't pay enough attention to that. Like, we're so caught up in, is, 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 is uh, Derek Carr going to move the number? Like, that number for Cleveland by those two hires for the coordinator, that's significant.
3: Totally with you. And, and now how will the, you know, the Joe Woods situation work out for New Orleans, having Joe Woods and Dennis Allen having But Smith's going to do together. it. So Dennis right, Allen's right. going to
2: do it, right? So whenever the head coach is in charge, like Staley, you know, let Ronaldo Hill go to Miami. Okay, well, Staley just wants somebody to come in and do what he tells him to do. He's running the defense. He's calling it. He's planning it. He's running it. He just needs somebody in the meeting room. When he goes to another meeting, somebody's running the room.
3: That's a, that's a nice thing to have when you have your relationship from a past team. They were both together uh, in, in Oakland before the Raiders moved to Las Vegas. Uh, and, yeah, for Michael Thomas, that's the thing. He would be more than $60 million in 2024 if he were to stay on the roster. But at least for now, they have created a situation where it'll make yeah. it work. The last one I'll throw at you real quick, Leonard Fournette with Tampa. Only you have the one quarterback on the roster in Kyle Trask. What are you doing with, uh, with Lenny there?
2: I mean, I'm going to find somebody. i got to find somebody cheaper. Look, here's what I've said about running backs. Uh, you can't pay just a runner. you got to pay a weapon. Like, draft a guy. I mean, Ramondo Stevenson is really a good player for the Patriots to get him in the fourth round. He could be an elite running back. He catches the ball. He does a lot of great things. So if you could find him, but you got to find a weapon. You just can't have a guy back there that says, hey, I'm giving him the ball. You can't do that. Yeah
3: interesting year for the for tampa and for the whole nfc south you i i just know you're gonna see at some point people will talk themselves into all four teams in those divisional markets when you consider they're all gonna be pretty good plus money and that's the reality of a of a division that appears to be wide open where will it go from here? Uh, it's anybody's guess, at least as for now. Michael, great to be back with you. We'll, uh, we'll see I'm going back early. to
2: watch more receivers in my office. Ah, I'm going to
3: look at more receivers. There we go. I can't wait for that report uh, right early tomorrow morning here on the West Coast. So for Michael Lombardi, for our producer Elliot Bauman, I'm Ben Wilson saying so long from the Lombardi line here on Beeson.
0: If you dare.